Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast. An exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are on episode number 54. Nice. You guys, go ahead. I totally cut you off. No, no, don't worry. I was just going to (laughs) say, as we were kind of jamming out to the intro song, I was thinking, this feels like home. Aww. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Cool. All right. So thanks for coming back and joining us. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, we are always on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. At Modern Yogi Podcast. At Modern Yogi Podcast. And we are there to answer all of your questions. So feel free to slide in our DMs. We have started getting legit questions and it's super exciting. We respond. We give you feedback. If the question is uh, applicable to what we talk about, we can even bring it up on air. So please engage. We always like. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Love it. All right. So quick recap on last episode, Priya Darshini. So the last couple of episodes, we're still talking about who is Krishna, who who we are in relationship to him, what, how the world works. We're just learning more about the truth, Krishna, mm. the absolute truth, right? And so for the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about those who are interested in getting to know Krishna, those who are not interested. And then it's also talking about sort of our motivation and desires. And so how some people might approach demigods instead mm. of Krishna himself. And why do they approach demigods? Because they want stuff. Material they things. They want stuff because they think <laughs> that there is a particular like direct line to something, right? right? Whether more it's potent if I pray to this and this <clears throat> demigod. Right. Whether it's wealth or whether it's... Uh, finding a good husband. Yeah. Finding a good <laughs> husband. And there's even saints in other traditions, right? That pray to this saint for this, that yeah, saint for that. Yeah, to other yes. traditions for sure. Yeah. And so in this, Krishna is talking about how some people choose this path, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the best path because like... If you really understand who you are and what your position in life is and everything, you know that Krishna is the one giving the demigods the power to even do those things. And yes. that you can just directly have a relationship with him and you will be mm. taken care of. Right. right? Beautiful. And so that's kind of where we You're left not going to talk about the controversy that happened last episode? You're not going to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> where me uh, and Shamali yes. fought to the bitter end about the <laughs> oh. fact that... Krishna, there's four types of people that come to Krishna. <laughs> okay, I was roped and, into this fight and I and didn't essentially, even, okay. I'm saying that Krishna has favorites. He yes. likes the one who wants to love him and get to know him, not a the other three. A little bit more kind than the of, other ones. Okay, a more, little, a bit, little bit. A little bit. A little bit, little bit more. And but what, if you want to see that. Say? And Shambhali said, <laughs> Krishna loves everybody equally. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I did not say equally. I did not say. I said, Krishna has favorites of the intention, not the person. Person. That was mm. all I was well, saying. If you want to find out more, you can go to the previous episode. But for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and the last thing in the recap, that was the micro recap. The macro was basically talking about full scale. No, macro and micro of like, I don't know where we are in the Gita overall. It, we likened it to a jewel box. So the beginning six chapters are basically like the base. We talked about karma yoga, the art of success of living in this world. We are now with chapter seven, starting the middle six chapters of the core jewel of the box. And that is the yoga of love, bhakti yoga. So we're learning about Krishna and then it'll lead us into the final six chapters, the yoga of wisdom. So these three are the art of living, loving and letting. Tingo. Love it. Sweet. All right. The invocation, ladies, please. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Jnana Shalakaya 
Chakshurun militam yena Tasmai shi gurave namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. All right, chapter seven, text number... 21. 21. All right. I am in everyone's heart as the super soul. As soon as one desires to worship some demigod, I make his faith steady so that he can devote himself to that particular deity. Okay, so this wow. is Krishna talking, right? Yeah. This paints a super selfless image of Krishna, right? Like a God that he's not going to get in the way of our desires. If you want to love someone else, if you want to worship someone else, go ahead and he will in fact not only like grant you access to, he will facilitate you in that endeavor. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back for a second. Can we explain super soul as if you were explaining it to a five-year-old. Yeah, yes. it's a little spark next to your heart. <laughs> that it's is Krishna within that is your heart. Krishna keeping you company. Ah, Krishna within your heart that keeps you company. Okay. You know, along the line of the super soul, I read something. I was reading a book from my spiritual master the other day. And you know, when you read something and it just hits, you might've read it a million times, but it said this line from the moment we have come into this material world. Krishna came with us in the form of the super soul mm -hmm. there in our hearts from mm -hmm. the moment. So I just, I don't know. I looked down, I was like, Hey, Krishna to my heart. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, he is literally, literally there from the very second. He's never left us. Even yeah. if we leave him, he never leaves us. Yeah. And I super like this sweet. kind of anatomically, Krishna is actually telling us where he is yeah. in our yeah. body. That's the first time I think that's mentioned, mm. right? He is like, I am in everyone's heart as the super soul. Mm. So if ever you are feeling like your heart is hurting or your heart's breaking or there's things around you mm. that you're feeling because of your environment, know that Krishna's feeling it too, right? Because he's Aww. right there in your heart. That's very sweet. That's really sweet thought process. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really nice. <laughs> um, another thing I was thinking about is like this idea that Krishna is really kind and he will help you in your yeah. progress with, you know, the demigods. It's kind of like, I'm going to go back to the friendship analogy, right? Yeah. Um, Krishna's like, of course I want to be friends with you, but if you really want to be friends with somebody else, I will Cassidy. help you. Like I'll be, huh? You want to be friends with Cassidy? Oh, Cassidy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want to be friends with Cassidy, like I can give you a number and yeah. like, I can just like, you know, help you out. And yeah. like, that's totally cool. Krishna's not selfish at all. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. you want something. I will help you. Mm -hmm. I like, hope that you love me and you want oh, me, but yeah. like, I will help you no matter what. Because Krishna is not going to give us anything, right? Like he, but Cassidy is going to give us like vegan gummy bears, right? <laughs> and he, he's like, if you really want vegan gummy bears, I'm going to facilitate that relationship between you and Cassidy. Yeah. You get all the vegan gummy bears that you can eat. <laughs> yeah. But with me, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get uh, the, the gummy bears because you're, you're not going to get, get love. Yes. And love doesn't really like satisfy that material desire you have for gummy bears yeah. you know right. and so i'm gonna make sure that you and cassidy get along really well yeah eat as many gummy <laughs> bears as you want i <laughs> love it yeah, he lets us exercise our free will he gives us full independence so if someone i love how Prabhupada writes it in the purport he says uh if someone wants very sincerely to have such facilities within the material world the supreme lord as the super soul in everyone's hearts he understands and he gives facilities because he's ultimately the supreme father of everyone, of all living entities. So he doesn't interfere with our independence, but uh, assists us in our squandering around, floundering here and there for material gains. Even though he knows it's not, it's futile, he still helps us if it's our desire. Yeah. It also says that if Krishna as the super soul does not give us such facilities to get those material things, 
then there's no actual meaning to independence because we mm-hmm. wouldn't be able, like it wouldn't really be independence, right? Mm-hmm. So Krishna's like, I understand your independence. I understand your free will and you, I will aid you in your path for what you're looking for. And again, I think it's just at the end of the day, he's like, I hope at some point you're looking for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Prabhupada, <laughs> it's know. very like, yeah, it's heartwarming. It, 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 it it paints a super sweet image of God rather than a fear-based relationship. Yeah. And Prabhupada here says, okay, so very nice. God does this. So one might ask, why does all-powerful God give facilities to living entities to us to enjoy this material world and lets us fall deeper and deeper in the trap of illusory energy? Mm-hmm. Why does he do that? One might ask. And he says, the answer is that if the Supreme Lord as the super soul does not give us these facilities, then there's no meaning to independence, no meaning to free will. It's like in a relationship in this world, if someone traps you in shackles and says love me that's that's not love oh 100%. it has to come from us yeah you guys have heard that phrase before it's like if you love something if you truly love mm. something you let it go yeah. and if it comes back it was always yours if it wasn't it was never meant to be and mm. it's kind of the same thing here right like if you if he he does want to make he 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 wants us to love him, but without mm-hmm. strings attached, without this yeah. this forceful nature. Like he's yeah. not sitting on a throne with a trident going, free fire, foam, foam, love me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Is that what no, you do with your lovers? I'm, <laughs> that's not the example I was doing. Okay, but anyways. But like, you know what I mean? Like he's not like, I'm going to force you to love me. If you love something else, like yeah. I'm going to let you go and I'm going to let you have that. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to force that love onto you. And even cooler in some ways, it's like he is the one that's arranging through the demigods for you to have that those desires fulfilled right and so like he's actually facilitating that even further not just like hey let me give you her number but actually like i bought her those gummy bears right oh wow <laughs> you know Way what i mean to work on that analogy like <laughs> i you. bought yeah, i like, went to the bulk store i bought all of those gummy I bears gave i her. gave it to her and she's sharing with and you she's sharing with and you and that's okay with me I, you don't even have to know that i did that yeah. like it's okay you mm-hmm. want those things it's fine like if you you know <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah, because you know, there's one line in the purport as I was reading through. It says, the living entity cannot worship the demigod by his own desire. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, didn't we just say Krishna facilitates our desires? So what do you mean is not by our own desire? And then I kept reading through and it says, because a particular living entity wants to enjoy a particular material, material facility, the Lord inspires him with a strong desire to achieve that. So basically he knows, I mean, he's in our heart. He knows our heart. So if we want to enjoy some aspect of this world, he will facilitate or yeah, buy the gummy bears and facilitate even further that desire. He will create the desire so we can solve whatever is unsettled within us that we want to resolve. Would he create the desire? Well, here it says, because a particular living entity wants to enjoy a particular material facility, the Lord inspires him. Okay. Inspires rather than creates, inspires within him a strong desire. Yeah, so basically mm-hmm. we have it innately in us. That's why we come right. here with these we want desires. The we have we want it. But right. sometimes he's like, Okay, I want you to fulfill that desire, so I'm gonna remind you. Right. Oh, because, interesting. Okay. Right? Like that he's gonna sense. be like, Oh, are you hungry? And then the person's gonna be like, Oh, I want those gummy bears. Right. Yeah. He's not gonna create something that's not already there. So like you said, right. if that already exists within us, he's just gonna it's kinda like Achieving Krishna is not a cheap experience. So it's like along the path, do you really want Krishna or are you going to get deviated by the first flash of shiny objects? Uh, I think it's also like if you think about it like in a, a less silly analogy, although that's a really clear analogy to understand it. Also, like we are 
we've talked about this before. We are made of all the modes of like goodness, passion and ignorance to a certain amount. And then we're born into being like a very like, let's say, fiery Fiery Latina. Latina. (laughs) That's the easy example, right? But what that means is also that you might have had a desire for joyfulness and dance and like this kind of environment. And Krishna is facilitating that by putting you in a family with like minded individuals so that you get to experience those things. And then kind of see if that's all that you wanted really right. like was that is that what you really want or is there more was that just right. an experience a part of you but there's more to you know what i mean right does that make right. sense yeah yeah so i think totally. he facilitates not just in the gummy bear situation but in, in a general like what are why we're here the desires that we have why we're here right whether shamali wanted to be a competitive uh figure skater right? right and so like he's like okay let me give you the kind of parents i would encourage you to do that or let me give mm, you the kind of location <clears throat> environment whatever it might be right and so i think that's and you way know, to see this i think when you turn everything to devotional life you can see how he's also facilitating that because like oh yeah on the flip side then like for all of us we're here doing a podcast talking about krishna consciousness i bet we can look back and the, connect the dots to see how it led us there when he said ice skating it just that thought flashed in my head of like now I look back and see all the things I gained in ice skating that can I apply now and then even beyond ice skating teaching so like if I want my life goal to be to talk about these things I can look back and see how Krishna placed me strategically in different situations that I went like gathering different tools that I can now apply moving forward so Krishna's so integral in every single aspect and arrangement of your life like here i was looking forwards that he was saying he not only arranges the desire or inspires the desire but also inspires the particular mood of devotional attitude the living entity has towards in this example of a demigod but it just kind of made me think for devotees and people who are not necessarily devotees of the lord he will go arranging everything every single aspect that you want yeah. It's, a, it's a humble, humble way to be God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I love that. All right. Anything else before we move on to text number 22? Shama Sangita, take it away. All right. Endowed with such faith, he endeavors to worship a particular demigod and obtains his desires. But in actuality, these benefits are bestowed by mm. me alone. Oh my God. <laughs> he did buy the bulk bag of vegan gummy bears. He gave it to Goddess Cal- Cassidy, right? And then now <laughs> Goddess we're, Cal- Cassidy. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's a real hey. goddess. Anyways, we, she gave it to Goddess Cassidy. And then literally like, that's where we're getting our desires yeah. filled. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like the puppet master at the, at the top, right? Like he knows, he knows what we want. He's giving us this relationship to fulfill yeah. because, you know, he does, he, he needs us to get this out of the way before we actually turn to him because he wants us to realize that, Hey, the gummy bears aren't going to bring you everlasting happiness. Yeah. It's just a temporary thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's also really cool here in the purple where it says, but the pure devotee, right. When in need of something, praise only to the Supreme Lord. Asking for material benefit, however, is not a sign of a pure devotee. Mm-hmm. So we know that like a pure devotee is only... That. <laughs> <laughs> you guys say, I gotta stop doing that. That's too funny. Um, but yeah, so we just pray to Krishna because we understand that he's the boss. Right, right. That he's the ultimate goal, that material things are not going to satisfy our needs. Obviously, for someone who's suffering, right? Because we talked about the different people that approach Krishna. It makes sense that that's how you approach because... When you're suffering, you just don't want to suffer anymore. 
yeah, whether it's, it's pain, whether it's anything. poverty, whether it's whatever it might be. Yeah. Your first, and that's not a bad thing, right? Because we got to talk about that. Like that's just where you come in and that's where you're at. But if mm-hmm. you're, some of your basic needs are already met. Mm-hmm. If you already have more of a capacity to explore who you are and what your relationship is, then maybe we stop asking for the material things and we start right. asking Hey, engage me in in service. Uh, give me people that are like minded who I can be around so that I can be inspired. We mm-hmm. ask for a different kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's it's not. It's just understanding where we at and what you know what we can do to c- keep going forward. Yeah, and I think there's sometimes there's there's sometimes those needs are fulfilled and it it strengthens our bond back to Krishna. Like for instance, like say someone in your, in your family got sick and this, this happened like a really long time ago when I was a kid, but like my family started praying to this God of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Don, I think it's Dhanvantari, Dan Dan right? Yeah. And so like, I think that really brought our family together to pray to that particular God. And then when that person got better, I think it also helped our faith in Krishna as well. Mm. I think when you know the channel of where it's all coming right. from, it also deepens your faith, right? right. Yeah. And so, I mean, life is hard and there are demigods that can help with really difficult things. And so it's not the worst thing in the world, mm. but just we just have to remember that where all that comes from is right. Krishna. Right. The source that, is Krishna. That could be our, your point of connection or someone's point of connection, but it's important to look further. Right. Right. So you can start by saying, oh, Ganesh, please help me find a parking spot. And then eventually you're like, "Okay, I don't need to be, you know, like it just Mm -hmm. it just or or asking for someone to not for a family member to not be sick anymore, whatever it might be. Right. Right. That might be how you develop that deeper connection to wanting to know who these demigods are and then who Krishna is and Mm -hmm. all of that. You know, uh, I was about to say something from, from the purport, but Shama, when you brought up that story, it reminded me of just a small little thing. I might have said it before that when my dad once, he was on a hike in the mountains. He does like extreme backpacking, biking. He's like in his 60s, crazy Argentine man. Anyway, he was and he said all of a sudden this like super strong. He got caught him and his other uh, hiking buddy. They got caught and they're on this mountain that like it's more like a cliff, a steep cliff. They're on the top where either side you look and it drops. So it's dangerous. And all of a sudden this strong wind comes that totally like starts blowing dust. They got caught in, in, in a windstorm. I don't know how you call them. And dust was surrounding them. They couldn't see their hand if they held their hand in front of them with how much the dust was wow. flying everywhere. And he said <laughs> there was a moment where he literally thought they might die because if they took a wrong step, they would fall onto either side of the cliff they were on. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he said that in that moment, Bayu, the God of the wind, he said that he really, he shouted out, please Bayu, or maybe internally in his heart, I don't know, but he prayed to Bayu, please Bayu, help, help us stop the wind. And he said the very second, the millisecond he prayed that, the wind totally stopped enough like for them to see a little like um, a plateau that they both rushed to and held on to the rock there. Wow. And I got I, goosebumps. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Shama, how you connect that to like, my dad is a very uh, loyal devotee of Krishna, but as long as you know the source, like Vayu is a devotee of Krishna. So if it's Krishna's will to help you live, okay, you can pray and then see what Krishna will arrange. So my dad prayed from that moment for Vayu to help him with the wind and it stopped and his life was saved. Doesn't That's mean, a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean he'll start praying to Vayu all the time, but it's it's nice when you can see the connection at least. Yeah, and I think in this particular sense, if I'm reading it correctly, it, it we're talking more so about like full-on worship 
of demigods. Yeah, yeah We're totally. talking about like every day every day every day i have like deities of these demigods and, and that's my main you main. every day you're like oh lakshmi please bring me fortune right, right. Oh, Saraswati, i need to i need to pass this exam <laughs> i need to pass this next exam right. i, I right. actually did play pray a lot to Saraswati goddess <laughs> growing up as a as a kid just going through school and whatnot because yeah. we had a deity of her at home yeah and so mm-hmm. i was like i have a test today can you just put in a good word for me <laughs> But like in some ways, like that's so nice because you were connected to something that you would have, right. right? You wouldn't have been connected otherwise. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the idea of just worshiping these demigods is right. not the ideal for someone seeking to understand this philosophy better. Right. right. And to frame it also in another way, it says in the purport that typically people go to demigods when they want something. And here I highlighted this word that is when something undue is desired by us and Lord Krishna won't give it to us himself because when we want something that's not meant for us, Krishna Ooh, takes care of undue. all of the essentials. But when something undue that is not in our path won't help us in our growth in any way, when we want that, that's when people kind of sometimes sidestep the boss and be like, but demigods, can't you help me with this? Mm. So. <laughs> sidestep the boss. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, um, unless you guys have any other points, to me, one of the biggest points in this purport, actually, um, and I took a few notes on it. It says, okay, for the living entity who desires to return to the Lord, material desires are impediments. So the Lord, therefore, might not award the material benefits desired by us. So it made me think of the saying, when Krishna really cares, he might take everything away so we don't get distracted mm. because uh, we need to get ultimately get rid of our material desires before returning to our eternal home. And mm. also nothing belongs to us. So even our bodies, we have to learn that I'm just almost like renting this out to engage myself in service. So until we learn that he'll place different situations, different people until we learn that nothing, nothing Oof. belongs to us. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, what's so real is that there are, there are families in South India that won't put deities of Krishna in their home temple. Mm. They won't, you know why? Because Krishna is known to take things away from you, actually, Mm. right? The demigods give you, give you everything, give you wealth, give you money, give you nice daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws and all that (laughs) fun stuff, right? But some some families in South India believe that if you have a deity of Krishna in your house, it's really dangerous because he will take everything away, Mm. everything material away, but he will give you everything in the form of love. Yeah. So what do you really want, you know? Yeah. Along that point about how, you know, we want to enjoy, but it's not even ours to begin with. So we need to learn to use everything Krishna has given us in service. And if not, he'll just take it away. I was talking about this with my mom last night and she said, but also, because someone on the outside might think, ah, oh, this Krishna, if they don't know him well, he just takes everything away. But she said, Krishna can also give us the whole universe mm. if he sees that our motivation is to use it in his service. And that made me think of Srila Prabhupada, the one who were reading his translation of the Bhagavad Gita for those listening on the podcast. Prabhupada came here to the U.S. with absolutely nothing. I think what a penny, how much nothing pennies. I don't know. A couple of coins, right? Literally a couple of coins was all of he had. And he gave everything in constructing temples around the world. Some that looked even like castles and palaces and Krishna gave him everything he needed because if Krishna can make the planets float on their orbits and all these things be in perfect, mm. a perfect symphony of design and creation, he can give you anything, but your the, your mood has to be right. Yeah, 
And Prabhupada's so. mood was right. He right, wanted yeah. to he wanted to spread Krishna's name everywhere. And the way I think about what was given to Prabhupada, like in terms of material things, like if like I li- I'm cut from Toronto, right? And the Toronto Temple is in this really rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And right now it's like a $10 million building, right? Yeah. But back in the 60s when it right. was acquired, it was it was not that much, right? And so Prabhupada had the means, he had the Lakshmi, he had the, the people, vision. Like, exactly, the vision oh. to bring it all together. I feel like Krishna gave everything that Prabhupada needed materially because like he knew that Prabhupada's intention was pure. He knew that Prabhupada wanted to spread the name of Krishna and Christian consciousness to all the temples in the world. And Mm -hmm. now there's temples in Hong Kong and Paris and San Diego and like everywhere because because Krishna gave him that, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the miracles that Prabhupada was able to achieve, like, I don't know all the details, but I think he was, when, for example, when he went to Russia and there was a strong control on religious freedom, he was in Russia for, I forget if it was a day, two days tops. And from there, he knew, exa- he, Krishna empowered him to know exactly who to talk to, to be able to spark a whole worldwide movement. And Russia has a huge Bhakti Yoga Hare Krishna community. And imagine just being in a place for a day. So you're kind of plopped into a random city and you're given a day to create a whole society and organization there. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. I'd be just running up and down the streets like, I don't know, this is a joke. <laughs> yeah. And, and even, even just like the biggest band of the 60s and 70s, the Beatles, yeah. right? I mean, how like people- how did Prabhupada mm-hmm. get in contact with one of the biggest bands of all time? What's, what's the song? My, my sweet, sweet Lord, Hare Krishna, Ooh, my Lord, Hare Krishna, my sweet Lord, Krishna, Krishna, <laughs> I, I really want to know your <laughs> right. Lord. I was in a takes. coffee shop, you know, like, and, I, and that song came on and I was like, holy crap, yeah. like, like the amount of strings Krishna pulled in order yeah. for Prabhupada to to reach the Beatles. Like, you, yeah. like and fans the can't impact. Even, yeah, the, the impact. impact. Like I've met people who are younger than me sometimes. Yeah. And then they'll sing along or they'll say something like Hare Krishna's and I'll be like, <laughs> oh, you know the Hare Krishna's? And she's like, only from that song, My Sweet Lord. Right. Wow. Like what are, like that's crazy that the huge, and, and also to the point of you were talking about the temples, like, if you look at a lot of the temples, at least in the United States, I don't know about in other countries, a lot of them are nowadays in like super central locations yeah. that are yeah. worth millions of exactly. dollars. Yeah. How did he know? Like, how, how did, did he, he have the vision? How mm. did these amazing buildings that like are just in need of devotees? So, you know, if you <laughs> want to check them out, they're super amazing. Everywhere, every state has a temple and it's just super cool to meet you. New devotees. But anyways, yeah. Prabhupada was empowered. And this goes to show that Krishna doesn't just take away, but he takes away Mm -hmm. the things that are obstructions or stumbling blocks on our path, but he can give you the world. And that's what he did with Prabhupada. Yeah. And, and so if I, if I bring it back to the idea of like demigods and worship and all of that, I just want to talk a little bit about that. The idea of, if anyone's talked about deities before, I don't know if we've talked about them, but Um, If anyone's looking to do like a personal relationship with God in the form of a deity, which is how would you guys describe a deity? A statue, but it's infused with the consciousness of God. Right. I like that. That's exactly it. Because you pray, you do certain things like, please, God, while I don't have the vision to see you right now, please come into this form that I'm going to worship and, and 
It helps me cultivate my devotion. And he comes in graciously. Krishna can go into any form. He's God. I mean, we're not, mm. we're not limiting his form to just, he's not just the statue, but we're praying until we can't, we can't see you. We don't have the consciousness to perceive you with our own eyes. Please enter this form and I'll worship you in that way. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a picture frame, a picture mm -hmm. of Krishna. It yep. could be like a little statue. And then there's different forms of Krishna that you can develop a connection with, whether it's baby Krishna or Krishna and Radha, or just like little older Krishna. There's so many things that you can connect. So if you're looking for that kind of worship, that kind mm. of relationship, it doesn't have to be with demigods, right? We can mm. connect to Krishna in a particular way. And oftentimes they say to start with Gauranitai, yeah. which is Krishna and, well, Gauranga and Nityananda. And you can do a lot of research if you've heard those names before, because they're very merciful. So they're more likely to... Um, give you blessings if mm. you worship them. And it's just another form of Krishna. So that's also a really cool thing I was just thinking about, like worshiping different demigods, but there's also different forms of Krishna, right? Like right. Narasimhadev, who's half man, half lion, oftentimes is perceived that as one who takes away all material things, mm. right? right. Yep. And so maybe that's not for everyone. Maybe that's for someone <laughs> who's looking for that level of detachment and right. it's not the beginning stages. So even if you are looking for a particular type of relationship, the way you might think you want one with a demigod, you can have that with Krishna in one of his different forms. Mm -hmm. if that makes different sense. moods and you yeah. know, in the topic of demigods which i like or <laughs> demigods deities deities <laughs> which i like that we're bringing up uh this is all so real because there is one temple in india in vrindavan where the little deity there super tiny he actually if you go in different days his smile changes and there's actual pictures that you can compare side by side one of the days we were there his smile was showing his little white teeth. This is a, like a marble stone statue. This is not something that should move. <laughs> and his smile was showing his teeth. The next day, the smile had the lips closed. Not by wow. any, like, it wasn't a Photoshop picture. I saw it in real life. And then I Googled it and you see the side-by-side -side faces. Like, wow. literal smile what changes. Oh, my God. I was just actually Googling well, it. From it's where? not the in Vrindavan. It's, it's Radha Raman. Radha Raman, isn't yeah, it? Okay. I, I thought for a second, not Radha Damodar, but Radha. Yeah, Radha Raman. Literally. Little, little tiny deity that all of the worshipers are so devoted. You go there and before the temple opens, like everyone's already pushing to get to the front, lining up. Boy, those little Indian machus can really elbow you to get to the front, but they have such <laughs> enthusiasm and yeah. they're all so eager to see this form of the Lord. And you go to the front and then the curtains open and you see this little tiny deity that they pour their love and devotion to worshiping and the deity's face changes. It's magic. That's it is so cool. literal magic. If you, you can Google it, if I got the name right, but you can surely see it. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the teeth showing some days, other days, lips closed. Wild. And it's amazing. And there's so many like miracles that happen along. This is just one of thousands and thousands of things that happen that just, it's all real. Ooh, there's one, there's one story about, um, there was a temple and <laughs> I'm going to butcher the story a little, but I'm going to get the gist. Of I it, do okay? too. So it's okay. <laughs> there, the there's a temple that kept getting, uh, bull, bull, okay. bulldozed. Bulgarat. Okay, uh, thieves oh, were coming in and trying to steal things. I couldn't... Burglars. Burglarized. That's the word I was trying to say. <laughs> Bulgarialized. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And so they were, they kept getting things stolen or people were just coming in and like bashing the windows. And it was just like, mm. they were having a lot of difficulty um, keeping the space safe. And so they brought a, someone suggested they bring a deity of Nursimhadev, which is half man, half lion. He's a protector. He's a, you know. Helps and you so on your spiritual path. It's Krishna just in a different form. The okay? protector version of Krishna. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's actually, he's the one we sing a prayer to, at least I do in my family, but I think a lot of people mm-hmm. do when you go on trips or sometimes when you go, go on long car when rides. When the airplane takes off, my mom and I hold hands. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little yeah. prayer, right? For protection. But anyways, so they brought a deity of Narsimhadev and as soon as the deity was in, they had no more thieves. They had no more wow. like people. Yeah. No and one was Bulgar- Bulgarianizing <laughs> them. <laughs> no more yeah, thieves. I mean, yeah. I wonder if the deity itself scared them a little because it is a lion. Yeah. Um, but mm. also just Krishna protecting the devotees. And so that. there's all these stories about different forms of Krishna and how yeah. he protects yeah. his devotees or is there for them or shows himself to them. Right. I mean, if you ever do a pilgrimage to Vrindavan, which is this holy place of the, where Bhakti is just a fountainhead of, of spirituality there, the original Goswamis or how would you describe Goswamis? The original like saints, saints. of our line, mm. they all had their own individual deity that to this present day, the original deities are installed into bigger temples so everyone can see them. But these original saints in our path had their own deities that they would actually speak to and have a relationship with and the deity would speak back. And there's all these accounts of these loving interactions that they would have back and forth. So, you know, as we progress in this age and maybe with our consciousness, we can't fully hear the deity talk back to us, we can begin to get little glimmers of feeling the more we develop our personal relationship with our deities. Like, you know, most of us have some deities at home that we worship, that we offer our food to, to spiritualize, trying to spiritualize every aspect of our life, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while it might not be on the same level as those saints who had the deities move and interact with them, you can start feeling something in your heart. A connection. Yeah, you feel a connection. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, just one more story, random story. But I, I love stories. I went to Jaipur for the first Jaipur, Jaipur, Jaipur. I Jaipur. say Jaipur. Right. Okay, for the first time uh, last year, and it was amazing. Mm. And I mean the people. So Jaipur is considered like this place where all the kings used to live, and it was uh, the main person in charge. The king in charge was very pious and religious, and mm. so he, I think. There's more to the story, but he had a deity of Govinda, which is another form of Krishna or another name for Krishna installed. And it is an incredible thing that I've never experienced anywhere else. The whole city comes to the temple in the morning. They Mm -hmm. all come together and their devotion is palpable. Like they're all singing and they're so joyous. And it's like, it's not just, you know, sometimes you'll say like, oh, like a Catholic church is full. Oh, that's amazing. But it's like if every Catholic ever went to go see Jesus kind of thing. And you can go at like 5 a.m. to this temple where you're talking about. And they're they're there. there. There's, there's, There's multiple times in which the temple is open and at every hour, there's gr- like tons and tons of people. I mean, they there. go in their suit ties before work. Before they don't work yeah. in the middle, like uh, their lunch hour before yeah. they go to bed. Like th- this is like, this is like part of their everyday lives. Yeah. And it's just like, they have so much love the way mm. they sing and the <laughs> way it, it, I was amazed. I yeah. was amazed. I've never say, seen that many people sing together. Like yeah. they, just, they just. So all the townspeople go to this one place. Yeah. 
That's wild. I love that okay. you bring that up because nice. that also super, super cool. highlights uh, you make the time, you know, so often if, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're lucky if we get up at uh, 8 a.m. to chant our rounds uh, on the drive to work. I don't know. But these people literally just pour their hearts into their devotional life and yeah. make the time. They go there in their work attire, swinging by before work to greet the deities. That's how they start their day. That's how they end their day. And yeah. it's all sprinkled in between. Yeah. You know, actually, I grew up in a, in a kind of temple that was similar. Like people mm. had a full time 40 hour job and they would come at four in the morning. Beautiful. This they is in Houston? In Houston. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I saw a lot yeah. of that and I, it almost made me think like, okay, so people can do everything. Yeah. Like it's possible yep. to do everything. Like, and it was, it just seems still very unachievable to think of it, but they would come, they would do their morning thing at four in the morning, then they would go to work and then sometimes they would come back in the evening and do, right. wow. and it's just, I mean, they lived sometimes an hour away from the temple. Oh, like, that's like next level devotion. Super wow. dedicated. And it's incredible to, when mm. you see those people, they really inspire you, which is why association is so important, right? You, mm. you know what? I have one thing connected to what you said about that Govinda Jididi in Jaipur, mm. who belonged to one of these original saints that we mentioned. When I was in Vrindavan in December, trying to make the most of the time with my spiritual teacher before he left this world, which I might've mentioned, I don't remember that yes. he did pass away already in March. But, um, in December, my birthday's on December 25th. So I had to go there to drop, I, well, and I didn't have to, I wanted to go there to drop off flowers every day for his deities that he was worshiping. So every day I had this little seva, this service of dropping off flowers. And I got excited because it was my time to be able to like interact with him, speak with him and see him. So, uh, the morning of my birthday, I did it super fast because I didn't want to interrupt him. So then I, I, and I gave him a little card I had written to him and, uh, and he read it out loud in front of the group, which I didn't think he would. Anyway, and then I scuttled out of there. I didn't want to take more time. So the following day on the tw December 26th, I took uh, the flowers and he was chanting his morning japa very early in the morning. He saw me and I saw he was like, oh, and he walked into his room and he came out holding something. And uh, he walked towards me and he said, well, because you ran off so fast yesterday here, this is for your birthday. And he hands me the original turban crown that was used on the original Govinda Jididi in Jaipur that mm. somehow he had... A garden and wow. he thought he gave it to me for my birthday and it's still on the altar at home and I was like oh my god that's so sweet I, that's I was magical. so moved and so yeah when you brought that up just my mind popped to that and yeah you know all of these things the the artifacts the prayers that all these little things contribute to inspiring you and invigorating you on your path so even having a little thing from the deity it just is infused with this spiritual energy that it just yeah. You're these, connected to Krishna. You're connected. And that feels yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. That's, that's good. Chapter <laughs> seven. <laughs> text number 23. Is that. Priyadarshan. That's Shamalee. Is this number three already? Yeah. Because we did 21, oh, yeah. 22. Go for it, Shamalee. <gasps> My turn. A three text episode. Wow. <laughs> okay. So. Men of small intelligence, from those all topics and back to this. I know. Men of small intelligence worship the demigods and their fruits are limited and temporary. Those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods. But my devotees, Krishna is saying, ultimately reach my supreme planet. Ooh. Ah, so well, that's interesting. We worshiping, about this, yeah. yeah, we did talk about this a lot. If you're worshiping bit. goddess Cassidy... For gummy <laughs> gummy bears, right? Her family's like her. What the heck? Her, her, her I'm trying face. to make it. I don't know. It's relatable. That's Priya. Priya's interpretation of Shamli's face. <laughs> anyway, so, 
her goddess Cassidy is going to give you those gummy bears, but her fruits are limited. Her gummy bears are limited, and yeah. they're also temporary, <laughs> right? So basically, the gist is, if you worship <laughs> goddess, what's her name again? Cassidy. Cassidy. Oh, Cassidy. I was thinking Candace for some reason. Anyways, <laughs> goddess Cassidy, uh, if you are like devoted to her and her gummy bears, you will go to a gummy bear, bear planet. Gummy bear heaven. Yes. But now... The gummy bear heaven, but here's an important point. Still within the material world, because worshippers of demigods go to the different planets in the material world, but the devotees of the Supreme Lord go directly to the supreme planet of Krishna. Because even demigods, we've talked about, they're still within this material and realm. And so what's the difference, you guys? Gummy bear planet and Krishna's planet? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. My favorite analogy yet. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is that uh, in the gummy bear planet... We are still having to take birth. Mm -hmm. We're still it's, having to come back to earth and have disease, old age, and all these yeah, things that cholesterol. we don't want. Whereas mm. we go back to God and we don't have to worry about high cholesterol. It's just maybe right? a, a higher planetary system like, okay, lifespan might be longer. Things are more enjoyable. There's a lot of gummy bears everywhere. There's a lot, yeah. You just go get diabetes <laughs> in the gummy bear planet. You don't. But then once you leave Never gummy mind. bear planet, oh, oh you don't get it because it's like supposed to be enjoying like you enjoy in this planet but once that like karma is done and you fulfill that then you come back to back to earth ah does that so, make sense yeah and it's, so it's an interesting point it's not that just everyone regardless of what demigod is worshipped oh we're all going to go back to the supreme eternal realm no it's a very interesting the concept of different destinations so depending on who you worship you're going to go to that destination yeah like so, even if you worship like buddha allah like yeah. other, wait, 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 no, I'm saying it wrong. I'm not talking about. De you're talking about demigods? I'm talking about demigods. Help okay, me out. Okay, Sarasvati, Ganesh, But even Lakshmi. from other, I guess like saints even. Like I, Jesus, I was trying to. Jesus, Allah. Yeah. Allah. Allah. Okay, I don't want to We get, get the gist of what we're saying. So different saints. demigods and saints. Saints are demigods, right? Yes, like yes. if you worship them, you would go to a planet in which they are right. the main head. They're worship. They're that. And then you kind of live that cycle, like however much you accrued, you live that karma there. And then you kind of come back to the material world for another chance to right. understand more about Krishna. Uh -huh. And I love how Prabhupada is really playing devil's advocate in so many purports. Cause here's like, he says here, the point might be raised that, okay, if demigods are different parts of the body of the Supreme Lord, so to speak, then shouldn't the same end be uh, achieved by all of them? What regardless by worshiping of them, right? Regardless of who we worship. Mm. And the answer is no, they don't, because we don't know, for example, what part of the body food must be supplied to. So some might claim that there are so many parts and so many ways to supply food, but Prabhupada says, can anyone supply food to the body through the ears or the eyes? No is the answer to that rhetorical question. <laughs> um, I'm paraphrasing. Does it make sense how I was paraphrasing kind of yeah. to say that? No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, it's not that we can... because we The need ultimate to, goal is to eat with your mouth. Right, because we need to nourish the soul. So yeah. the only one that will really nourish the soul is Krishna. All of the rest stay within the scope of the material world. So in our um, lack of knowledge... It might be a fun experience, but it's right. not the end goal. Right. So in our lack of knowledge, we might believe that each and every demigod is a separate God and competitor of the Lord. But remember, bhakti is a path where we believe in there's one God. The demigods are not at the same level of this one God. So not all demigods are parts of the Supreme Lord, but living... Wait, not only are the demigods parts of the Supreme Lord, but so are us ordinary living entities. We're all just part of Krishna. Did you know that uh, demigods um, are not... I don't know how to say this correctly. They're, they don't live forever. 
What? Literally, literally, Priya, I was reading that part of the. Per- I, we're on. We're on cue. Hey, I what? actually, I were actually didn't. Need, no, no. Okay, with exactly what you're saying. It's this: the results achieved by the. <laughs> wait, demi- wait, wait. Let me say okay, it, say, and then say, you say, say it correctly, okay? Because okay, I was just thinking about this. Right? Wow, so, you're on point. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you very much. It's Krishna speaking. It's Krishna, it's Krishna. Not me. It's not me at all. Anyway, so did you know, like, like Brahma, he dies, and then a new Brahma comes. It's not the same Brahma or like Shiva. Like this, these are also bodies. These are like. Transient souls coming to the body. These are bodies. These are bodies. These bodies also. These are bodies. No, these are bodies, and they're and a soul comes and tra- like goes in there, and then it leaves, and then another soul comes in there. That's so wild. like, there's there, there's been a millions of Brahmas and millions of Shivas and millions of other right. demigods. They're not the same exact person. I did not know that. It's right. like a role. It's like it's like being Brahma or like being it's like Shiva. cast in a play. Yeah, for only a limited time on Broadway, <laughs> or like a job position, and, like okay. CEO or whatever, right. like or like you know administrator or whatever. Like you get hired, you know, you worked there for many years, and then somebody else comes along. Right? Isn't that crazy? No, so that's wild. Exactly in line with what you're saying. Prabhupada said the results achieved by the demigods' benedictions or by whatever they give you are perishable because within this material world, the planets, the demigods and their worshipers are all perishable. So that's yeah. exactly what you're saying. But because the pure devotee engaged in Krishna consciousness and devotional service to the Supreme Ultimate Lord, there only we achieve eternal bliss existence that is full of knowledge because our achievements are those within the realm of the eternal. Fascinating. Super this cool. Fascinating episode. Anything else to mention <laughs> before we wrap up this episode? I think we got it. Shamali, anything? Got, no, no, no. I think we're good. All right. right. We'll start the next episode. Chapter 7, text number 24. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.